It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> too many cults. Too many cults. <laughs> they can't say any of those words on the CW. Shut the front door. Cursed or Blurst, the podcast where we review films from childhoods, not necessarily ours, <laughs> just childhoods, uh, and decide whether they are cursed, blessed, or blurst, which is a mixture of both cursed and blessed. Except we don't always do movies because we've started doing some TV shows. <laughs> but only, this is not forever, friends. This is just a social experiment that we're playing on ourselves and you, the listeners. It's a little tester uh, for us to see if you enjoy it and you want us to... I, well, definitely not switch entirely to TV shows, but if you want us to pepper them in here and there, let us know on Instagram, at Cursed or Blurst. Uh, if you... If you like it, if you don't like it, then... Tell us to get fucked. We, yeah. don't, we don't mind. We have thick skin. Cyberbully us on Instagram <laughs> if you don't like what it, we've done with this it's episode. It's what we deserve. But listen, <laughs> if you're still listening, if you've clicked on this episode entitled Cursed or Blurst episode 30, Riverdale... Oh my god. Then you'll have been... A, we did Glee last week. And you'll be like, ah, oh, that was a great episode. I had the most fun I've ever had in my sweet life. <laughs> I, the listener, Joe Listener, mm-hmm. I, Joe Listener, have never had more fun than listening to when they did Glee last week. Yeah. Do you want to hear a trade secret, friends? <laughs> what was last week for you <laughs> was ten minutes ago for us. <laughs> We're recording two in one night, babies. <laughs> Which means we're one more gin and tonic deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that the Glee episode was a pre-drink situation. <laughs> we're priming ourselves to talk about Riverdale. Because really, I believe, and I've been saying this all week now, mm-hmm. Glee walked so that Riverdale could run. <laughs> and I think it's it's important to realize that uh, we've watched Glee and Riverdale in the same week. Um, we watched... We started with two episodes of each, um, all in one night, which you shouldn't do. I don't think it's healthy. No. Um, and then we did uh, one episode of each for a couple of nights. We watched a total of five episodes of Glee and four of Riverdale. Hours of our lives that we won't get back. Many hours. The things we do for you. The Joe listener. listener. Joe listener. Joe, and what do you do for us? <laughs> Joe, if you want to support us, like and subscribe. <laughs> Give us a review on iTunes or something, Joe. Share, share with your friends. I love you, Joe Listener. God, I think Joe Listener is so hot. Until Joe Listener shares with ten of his friends, I'm not interested. Mm, until Joe establishes himself as a super spreader <laughs> of, podcasts, of podcasts, not coronavirus. Yeah. But Joe wouldn't. Joe wears masks to shops. Yep. He is very careful in public spaces. Yep. He he doesn't litter when he goes to the park. Exactly. Joe has an amazing physique and is, I would like to marry Joe Listener. I support you. 
I'll officiate the wedding. If anybody wants to write a fanfiction, which is Elise and Joe Listener, go for it. I ship me and Joe Listener. <laughs> I feel like I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm procrastinating. So this week we're watching <laughs> Riverdale. Um, and I, I said to you when I suggested this, uh, cause Glee, Glee was your idea. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and I said, oops. Yes, that's an excellent idea. <laughs> Um, I also think we should, we should do Riverdale because it's very much the spiritual successor of Glee. And you're right. And I am right. And I am sorry. Um, (laughs) because I'm the one who brought Riverdale into our lives. Riverdale was airing when I was in my final, the first season was airing when I was in my final year of undergrad. Um, and as I mentioned at the end of the Glee episode, uh, my my group of friends would come over Friday afternoons, maybe Thursday afternoons, uh, to my place, and we'd all watch, uh, Riverdale. We watched almost all of the first season this way. And then I continued watching it afterward. When you watched the first season, how ironic was that? I would say it was probably not ironic at all. Interesting. Interesting. We were... I don't think anyone was was watching it thinking like this is the height of cinema, but no one was watching. No one was hate watching it. Like we, the first season is is a mystery, as we'll we'll talk about. And I think most people there were genuinely curious about who did the murder. Yes. Um, I think this is a good story. The reason I kept watching it after undergrad was to have an excuse to talk to a boy. <gasps> Joe Listener. <laughs> Who I'm dating now, so it all Aww. worked out. Um, I was talking to him the other day, and we were both like, are we allowed to stop watching Riverdale now? That we no longer need the excuse to text each other every <laughs> stupid thing that oh happened God, in Riverdale? Oh my that's so dorkily cute. Um, <laughs> that's adorable. Well, thank you. I agree. I don't know, I don't know if we're... I, th- I think we're allowed to stop. Are we free? <laughs> I feel like you've passed the curse on to me, because by watching, what, four episodes of Riverdale, I have not suffered. I feel like my my palate has been teased Mm -hmm. by what we've seen, which has been insane (laughs) in the membrane. And I want to uh, continue. I'm curious. my, My appetite is wet. For for Riverdale. So I think I'm going to watch season five. Yeah. So you might retire, but I think I might pick up the um, the baton. Pick up the torch. I don't know if I can stop at this point. It's just an inertia thing. Every season is crazier than the last. And we, we watched one episode from each season. Yeah. Um... During our... So there, there's four seasons out right now. We watched the pilot episode from season one, um, and then one from each subsequent season. We did the... Um, I picked an episode in season two that kind of touched on most of the major plot threads. And then season three, we did the musical episode, which we'll talk about later, but there's one in all of the seasons except season one have a musical episode. And then we did the Halloween episode of season four. Yeah. And you say you picked one from every season. You also picked one from four distinct and very different parallel universes. Because <laughs> that's what it feels from as an outsider to be watching different season episodes of, of Riverdale, the TV show that everyone yeah. watches, that was filmed in Vancouver, where we lived. 
It was. In the pilot episode, um, a bit... A part of it is shot literally next door to where we were living yeah. in Vancouver, which it's was Ce- surreal. Cecil Green Park House, <laughs> which is in features in many shows, most famously perhaps, uh, the last Fifty Shades film. Yes. Christian Grey has designed the house. Yes. So we now know that there's a sex swing in there. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't know the whole time we were living right beside it. Um... Actually, the the school where Riverdale is formed was, was quite close to where a friend of mine lived uh, while we were doing our masters. And a lot of the times when I go to visit her, and I was like walking down the the side streets, there'd just be like crew vans all over the place. In the, <laughs> like I think they must have filmed most of the show in the middle of the night because it was like a functional elementary school. Mm-hmm. So they must have been filming it in the dead of night half the time. Because <laughs> um, I'd be over there in the evenings for, like, movie nights or whatever, and the crew would just be crawling all over the place. This was such a unique experience in Vancouver. There was stuff being filmed everywhere. One time I was helping my friend Cassandra move into her house. This mm-hmm. is somewhere in uh, West Point Grey. And there's an elementary school, like, a kind of fairly fancy-looking one at the end of the street. Mm-hmm. And this was in August. This was, like, this time last year exactly that I was helping her move in. And they covered the whole school with, like, fake snow and tinsel and stuff. And I was like, they're filming a, a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> Joe, listener, just have this on record. There's nothing I love more than a Hallmark Christmas movie. And in retaliation for being forced to watch Riverdale... Oh. Shannon will be watching the likes of the Christmas Prince this year. Yep, I did say I would do that. I'm, yeah. You loved the one that we watched. You loved the 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 night before Christmas. Oh, one. I did. Oh boy, did I. When sometimes when I go back and and watch shows that I watched as a kid, um, or just earlier in my life. I will notice places nearby where I lived. The first couple months in Vancouver, I'd go on runs and I would like stop in front of buildings feeling very weird senses of deja vu and realize like, oh, this was used as a set on Supernatural for two (laughs) seasons, (laughs) including the place where I lived. Literally my, like the door to my room is like in shows that I've watched. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's a very surreal experience. And, and, yeah, I walked past Supergirl on my way to geography once. I was, um, just going in to do some lab work, and I was very bleary-eyed and tired, and I just wanted a coffee. And I walked straight past Supergirl. And I was like, what the heck? So I went into, and the, the film crews were not there. Mm-hmm. There were some people hanging around outside the Tim Hortons. And... That was it. But then Supergirl was just walking around with a dog. So then I went into the office in geography and I was like, hey, um, I saw someone dressed as Superwoman and they were like, oh, it's Supergirl. Supergirl's filming. And I was like, what? <laughs> so then later on, after doing some work, I went to get uh, a Tim Hortons coffee. And who else was right outside the coffee place having a coffee? Supergirl again. I watched your film stunts for like two hours in the middle of Because I told Molly what was up and she was and like <gasps> Molly told me and then we went and watched Supergirl um, who I'm a big fan of film stunts for a while. She seemed cool. I felt safe because I knew there was an actual superhero hanging around. Yeah. What um, do you mean filming? Were they filming? 
I thought Supergirl she's, was just She's there. real. Supergirl and The Flash actually live in Vancouver. Um, it is very surreal. We went to see um, Deadpool 2 together while we yeah. were living in Vancouver. And there's like a chase scene on a street and they're literally driving back and forth along the street that the <laughs> movie Grandel. theater is on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it, it, it is funny to know the geography of the city and just to watch a movie and know they're just like driving up and down the same street constantly. <laughs> <laughs> One time again, it was on my way back from film, uh, on my way back from, from lab work. Um, they were setting up for filming Man in the High Castle, mm. and that was a problem because they were like sandbags and stuff, and like yeah. fake street signs and that kind of thing. Okay. First of all, no, I was walking in, mm-hmm. and the Canadian flag was down, where the, mm-hmm. the flag is usually up, and I was like, the first thing that popped into my mind was, oh, I guess Trudeau's died. Oh my god. And I just carried on walking. Yeah. And then I saw them put, set up the sandbags and stuff, and they were like swastika stickers, and I was like, oh! And then I was like, they must be filming something. But that's still a bit jarring. It's very jarring, yeah. <laughs> I never saw Man in the High Castle filmed. What I, did happen to me a couple of times when I first moved there, because a lot of the buildings at UBC are used as, like, other buildings in shows or whatever, they change all the signs. So, I like, it took me ages to find the Kerner Library when I first <laughs> moved, because they'd, like, put a different sign on top of the building. <laughs> yeah. Because it was pretending to be a high school or something, but I'd never been to campus before and could not find the library. That's funny. <laughs> the first day I was wandering around. One time I went to, there was like a new sort of co- uh, coffee kiosk that I'd seen outside of geography again. And I was like, sick, a new coffee kiosk. And I went up to it and someone was like, this is just for prop. <laughs> <laughs> also, one time I was walking past um, the. I was walking past Hennings, the physics building, and there were a bunch of people outside that were filming, um, I want to say it was the updated, the witch? Charmed. Charmed. Updated Charmed. And there were a bunch of, like, teens, it was, like, sort of either high school or undergrads, like, loads Mm -hmm. of extras and backpacks and, like, preppy clothes, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, all hanging around. They were sort of milling around outside outside Hennings. As I I was walking through, also wearing, like, leggings, t-shirts, I was off to the gym, and a backpack. And holding a book, probably, or a binder. <laughs> the director was like, "Okay, everyone in the building, stop! Everyone in, breaks over, breaks over." And I was like, also being shepherded in, and they made a horrible decision not to go in. I was like, <laughs> I, need, "I just have to go to Pilates. I'm going to be late to Pilates." Oh man, should have been in charge. I should have, because I could have gotten away with it. You could have. There were so many of them, they can't all have had, like, specific direction. Yeah. I should have taken that moment to be like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm an extra in Charmed now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go into Headings and act my little heart out. You know how great I am at acting. I do know, yeah. Yeah. Also, I could have been an exchange student in Charmed. Yeah, exactly. What's Charmed about? Witches? Witches, yeah. Oh, boy, did you hear about those witches? <laughs> I was on my way to calculus, and someone hexed me. And now, my accent's gone so strange. <laughs> You're on your way to calculus in Tennessee. <laughs> uh, yeah, where's Charmed set? That's what I was going for. <laughs> Were you telling me it's filmed in, um, in Brooklyn? Oh, a witch went past me, and she had a, a, a frog, and the frog said hello to me. And I was like, what? You're- Shut the front door. 
Do you remember in the Annie episode when I, I said you were the Dick Van Dyke of Brooklyn? That's still true. <laughs> I I um, think again we're procrastinating. We are. We need to talk about Riverdale. Why did you why did you choose Riverdale? Why is this a contender for Cursed or Blurst and what is it about? Uh so Riverdale, I think, is a really interesting case. It's a teen drama, which I never actually watched a lot of as a teen. I watched Glee, and with a friend of mine, I watched Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that was kind of it. So I'm not super familiar with the genre, but it I think it's a really bizarre case of it. It had a first season that I think was quite solid. Like, it was very melodramatic, and mm-hmm. all the characters were just, like, larger-than-life weirdos. Yeah. But it, it was, in terms of, of plot, fairly straightforward. It was a murder mystery. Um, so we watched the pilot, and the pilot episode of... Uh, teenager called Jason has died. Yeah. No one knows how he's died. Um, he and his, his twin sister Cheryl were out on... Cheryl or Cheryl. <laughs> they all say it. They say it with one syllable. Cheryl. 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 I can't believe you said that. Cheryl. Move that taxidermy out of the way. <laughs> I'll talk about that later. She's, um... She and her brother are in a boat on the river. And um, the, the, the show starts with her making it back to shore and her brother doesn't. Um, and then by the end of the pilot episode, his, his body washes up with a bullet hole in his head. So the mystery of season one is who killed Jason Blossom. And it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, and then they got a second season that I'm certain they weren't expecting. <laughs> and it just, the show deteriorates so rapidly. They just go off piece. Like, I've never seen something go from good to so bad it's good so quickly before. There's yeah. no interim stages it goes through. Mm, it's but, not like Glee where it's always a bit shit. Yeah. And it gets a bit shitter, but there's a baseline of shit. Like, the first episode of Riverdale, I I was alright with it. I mm. was cool with it. I, I was interested in the mystery. I was vaguely interested in the characters. Yeah, I think, Some like... Some more than others. I wouldn't go so far as to be, like, season one is a great show. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd say it's a solid and fun thing to watch, especially since uh, at the time I was watching it with a big group of people, mm-hmm. and we were all, like, making guesses on who who killed Jason. Yeah, it, it usually shows have, like, this interim sort of deterioration period where they're like, oh, season two is just not as good as season one, but it's still, like, fine. It's like every single person who knew how to write left the show between seasons and it just immediately became a trash fire. I've never <laughs> seen something go get that bad that quickly. <laughs> yeah, and I think every season is weirder than the last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so how what was it like to to jump to from the pilot episode to a later season episode with Heathers? I I have to say how many cults do writers <laughs> think exist in the real world? Because I couldn't keep track of what was going on. There seemed to be at least... So here, my understanding is mm-hmm. there's an organ harvesting cult. That is, that is correct. also a hippie commune. 
The hippie commune is the organ, organ harvesting cult. Yes. Sorry, sorry, guys. Spoilers for Riverdale. Yeah, I wasn't expecting there to be organ harvesting. Well, I kind of knew from... I've heard people talk about it before, but I wasn't expecting it when they said I was like, well, I don't believe this. Having watched the season, I don't think the context makes it more believable. There's a cult dedicated to Dungeons and Dragons. Which in the show is called Griffins and Gargoyles. I... And the the two cults don't intersect. No. And my understanding of cults is when an area is plagued by a cult... And I, I say, I mean, it when I say plagued, I don't mm-hmm. think cults are, gr- are a mm-hmm. good idea. Mm-hmm. I don't endorse. You're not pro cult. cult. I'm not pro cult. I have it on record, Joe Listener. I'm not pro cult. Mm-hmm. Cults, bad news. If if there was one cult in a town, there'd be so much police investigation, or there'd be. You're talking about the state. It's the FBI would be in, and it would be like there'd be. You, there wouldn't. There just. I. I. There wouldn't be multiple cults, Shannon. <laughs> there are, by my count, run by teenagers, t- two cults, and three gangs Ugh. at one point in the show. Yes, I think there are as many as four gangs in one season. Um, one of them being quite a small, like splinter group of one of the others. Um, but I think at that point the cults are gone. Um, but at its height, there are three separate gangs and two cults. And what's interesting to me is that I thought that Riverdale would be a lot of relationship drama, and I get there might be some, but the episodes you showed me, the characters seem to be very dedicated to whatever they're doing, investigating a cult. Mm -hmm. Climbing up the ranks of a gang. (laughs) Trying to survive in juvie. Running a speakeasy when a murderer is in town. The... But these are teenagers, but they all technically go to school, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I know that they are. There's relationship drama because some of them are in relationships, and those relationships seems to change between episodes. But it's not like Glee where we'll spend a lot of time on that. It'll be like we're in a relationship, but let's investigate this cult. Yeah. The this is an interesting feature of Riverdale because like there is a occasionally relationship drama but a lot of the main relationships are really solid and they'll just stay together for the full season yeah like Archie and Veronica just seem to be like together yeah Archie and Veronica and Betty and Jughead are sort of the main couples and they were pretty solidly together for like three seasons before that had there's a bit of drama now at the end of season four but really, there hadn't been any up to that point. It's because they're so preoccupied running gangs. With all Being the... hounded by gangs. <laughs> being hounded by serial killers. Yeah. They're of which busy. there seem to be multiple. Yes. Shouldn't everyone evacuate Riverdale? <laughs> Definitely. I like to imagine that Riverdale, which is meant to be in the States, right? Yeah. Is just down the road from Forks from Twilight. <laughs> And in comparison, Forks seems very, very calm. Yeah. <laughs> Take me to Forks. Yeah. Like, and Anna is... Kendrick's character, like, the random teenager from Forks High School, mm-hmm. lives a very drama-free life. She does. I don't think you're safe if you go to Riverdale High School. No. It's really interesting how, um, uh, 
Jughead narrates the show. He's like a writer, and he's always giving sort of melodramatic narrations about the town. Um, and it's the very first episode starts with him being like Riverdale, a peaceful small town. Um, by like season four, the premiere, it's like Riverdale is a dark town full of sinners and secrets. He's not wrong, though. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> Jughead is a character who's called Jughead, which seems insane to me. Yeah. He does not wear a jug on his head. No, he does. He's got a little beanie yeah. with some buttons on it yeah. that he doesn't take off ever. Yeah. Why is he called Jughead? I've asked that ten times and I've not had it explained. <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, these characters are, are loosely based on the characters from the Archie comics, which have been going since, like, the 60s. Did he wear a jug on his head then? No, he had... He still had a beanie. The beanie in the show looks more, like, modern. It just looks like a... Like a knit cap. It's It looks a little more like a hat in the earlier comics, no, I, I don't really know why he's called Jughead. His real name is Forsyth. Well, you'd want a nickname. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those nicknames where, like, you do one thing as a kid and everyone knows knows mm. you for that. Like, there was a girl at my school who was known as Meerkat Girl. Mm-hmm. And she was called known as Meerkat Girl because she pretended to be a cat. You might be wondering, why Meerkat? I don't know. Someone just got confused and... She encouraged herself, she's like, I'm meerkat girl. Nothing to do with meerkats. Yeah. Meerkats aren't even cats. Yeah. Meerkats is a word with a K. It's like not a meow cat. It's a little scratchy, standy upright cat. <laughs> right? It doesn't make any sense. It's not a good nickname. Just like a little thing, well, it, 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 it sticks with you for a while. Um, I had a friend who, who I lent him a hat once. At a protest, and it looked a bit like a chicken head, and mm-hmm. like it was a chicken head hat. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe a jughead situation. It could be. I've never had any nicknames um, because I've always uh, tried to avoid having anything attributed to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very vague thing to say. Yeah, uh, I've always tried to avoid wearing yeah. hats in the public eye. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I've never, I've never had a nickname. My name does not nickname easily. No. I had one person I used to work with call me Shan, which I think is a bit of an awkward name to say. Yeah. Like, I didn't dislike it. I, I didn't mind. But it just kind of peters out at the end, you know? Yeah. It's a very, very odd thing to say. My name is not very nicknameable because it's so short. And it's also technically a nickname. For Elizabeth. Mm. But what I have had, as you well know, is many typos. Yes. Uh, More typos than I have people getting my own name correct. At least it's not that rare of a name. No, it's Beethoven wrote a song for me. (laughs) (laughs) For Elise. It's an established name, and yet it's like Elsie. Eliza is the most common one. Eloise. More recently, Ellis. Yeah. Like... That's it. That's as far as I'm going to go with nicknames. I get... It's getting called Eloise. It's fine. I get Sharon a lot. Sharon, yeah. Um, work emails constantly. Hey, Sharon. 
No. <laughs> it's like, do you think that I got my name wrong in the email in the first place? Yeah. If I'm signing off, kind regards, Elise. And they're like, hi, Elsie. Uh, who are you talking to? <laughs> Who's Elsie? I don't see one around. Um... Anyway, in any case, Jughead. <laughs> in any case, his name is Jughead. Yeah, it, it is interesting that you mentioned that there's not a lot of actual relationship drama in the show, because from what I remember from reading the comics as a kid, it, they were almost exclusively re- relationship drama. Yeah. Um, between, it was sort of a love triangle situation with Archie, Betty, and Veronica, and the show just kind of decided not to do that. Betty got with Jughead really early on, and the Betty Archie thing kind of fizzled. Um, though season four might be bringing it back. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a nice change because I think it was pretty misogynistic in the comments, uh, the comics, how um, Betty and Veronica were always just fighting with each other over Archie, and it's mm. like, why? Yeah, um, why? <laughs> From what I've seen of Archie, it's like whatever. He's so nondescript. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's like the least interesting one. I think it's unfortunate for the show that like Archie's plotline is just never interesting. Um, and let and Joe listener, let's have it on record that we're saying his plotline is the least interesting. When one one thing that happens in this in the episodes that that we've watched is that he gets sent to prison by Veronica's dad? Question mark. Yes, yeah, yeah, he goes yeah. to prison. He goes to juvie, and then he tries to. So he's already joined a gang at the last minute so he can get a gang tattoo, so a gang in the juvie will accept him. But then they go and tell him to stab someone else, and he's like, I don't want to stab anyone, and then they steal his shoes. Yeah. That's the worst they're going to... Like, we now know that stabbing is like a kill-or-get-killed thing in this prison, but all they'll do to him is steal his shoes. Yeah. That's, like, pretty not bad. Yeah. Um, and then he decides to bring unity to the prison by teaching them how to play the great American game of college football high school football high school football and then for moral support the cheerleaders from the school including Veronica and Cheryl Cheryl come down outside the prison gates and do a cheerleader routine to jailhouse rock yep. like that's allowed yep. and all of the boys in juvie are like shaking on the grates like they're like <laughs> rabid dogs yeah. like back off boys <laughs> Creepy. It's, it's so creepy and threatening, and... And a prison riot starts out of nowhere. Yeah. And then um, and then Archie gets told that his only friend in prison, who's called Mad Dog, has mm. died. Except he hasn't, because it turns out he's in prison fight club. <laughs> uh, and now, and we're saying Archie's got the most boring plotline. Yeah. For context. Yeah. That I was really that was an episode of whiplashes, whiplash upon whiplash. It was, it was. It got me when the cheerleaders came. It got me. <laughs> That's why I picked that episode because I think that moment is one of the most <laughs> indicative of the way Riverdale is past season one. Like there's <laughs> random singing in it, and this is why I think Riverdale is. I mean, I think it's the spiritual successor of Glee because of some of the character things we talked about where people are very inconsistent um, and they seem to be sort of just buffeted about by the plot instead of making any decisions based on anything. Yeah. Um, but also, it just they randomly break into song. But the thing is that, like, the people in Glee are very talented singers. The people in Riverdale largely are not. No. 
And I want to say on record again, <laughs> Joel, isn't it? Do you remember when we recorded the Heather's episode? Yeah. How I was complaining about the synth. Yeah. That was all throughout the Heather's movie. Yeah. And we were talking about Heather's and Mean Girls. So they're doing the Heather's musical for the musical episode of, um, of, Riverdale. of Riverdale. One of the musical episodes. They already did Carrie. Yeah. And... And in between scenes when they're not singing, they will play the bloody synth from their Heather's movie. Yeah. The very same synth. Because it's a curse, really, that I have uh, an ear for um, identical soundtracks. I can identify a Newman on sight. (laughs) And I can also identify the Heather synths. Yeah. And it haunted me. No, you're absolutely right. I felt like my soul was attacked. By fate. And I do feel like I don't have an ear for soundtracks, but if you had, you probably would have found something similar in the Halloween episode, mm. which was had a lot of references to various old horror films that I've seen, but I just don't have the, the soundtrack ear that you do to notice if they were doing backing tracks the same right. way. Um, the only horror soundtrack I've been listening to extensively recently is and I'm not even kidding, It Chapter 2. It has a lovely soundtrack. It does. Uh, Music to eat children to. I th- Riverdale, in general, is, is highly referential, but in a very bizarre way. So they did the Heathers musical and had sort of a, an odd collection of references to both the Heathers musical and the Heathers movie that never really did anything to further the plot of any of the Riverdale characters. It was just like, do you remember Heathers? And then would drop it. Like, every reference has that vague vibe to it. The Halloween episode is the same thing. It's like, do you remember the original Halloween film? Well, this is nothing like that, but you remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the Heathers musical episode confused me because it's like a sort of musical and a musical. Mm -hmm. So they're performing Heathers as the school musical. Yeah. Uh, The one male gay student at the school, Kevin, whose only personality trait is gay, (laughs) is directing it. And they sing a lot of songs in rehearsal, and Nils are singing them, like, as real-life situations, too. We can talk at length about this, but before we do, I just want to say, is the Heather's musical known? I know it, because I'm in, like, the theatre fandom. You know it because you went. I went to see it, yeah. Joe, listener, do you know that Heather's had a musical? It's better than the movie. And it's better than the Mean Girls musical. Heather's musical is is endorsed by this podcast. The Heather's musical, I think, tricked you into thinking it would be okay to watch the Heather's movie. It definitely did. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, yeah, I liked that musical. Let's do it. And it was a trap. There are so many missed opportunities in like, parallels they could have used yeah. between Heathers and, and Riverdale that they just didn't because no thought went into the writing. Yeah. So the main character in Heathers is someone called Veronica. One of the main characters in Riverdale is someone called Veronica. No. No. Nothing to do... She had very little to do in this episode. Mm-hmm. The bit in the, 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 the song where they're all like, Veronica, Veronica. No. 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 Not actual Veronica. Let's just forget that we have a Veronica. Yeah. And... There's also a song called Candy Store, which is, which is sung by the, the Heathers, the, the villains in, in the musical. 
Mm-hmm. Are they the villains or are they the victims? Whatever, they're just these characters. Yeah. Um, and the words candy store get repeated a bunch. In the same episode, mm-hmm. there's a subplot where Jughead's parents... Mother. Just mother, his mother. Has a drug dealing industry set up business called the candy store. Yeah. Uh, I just want to take a quick sidebar to say that um, the way that drugs are portrayed in Riverdale because the show is on the CW during prime time is very funny. <laughs> during the first couple of seasons, the main, the only drug that anyone has any access to talks about or uses ever is basically pixie sticks, but they call it jingle jangle. And it's very <laughs> funny. And then in the later seasons, they move on to drugs that are basically pop rocks and they call them fizzle rocks, which is why the drug dealer's setup is called the candy store. Um, and it's very funny every time some sort of like adult sheriff character is like, we caught her dealing jingle jangle down by the river and it's it never gets old um anyway go ahead back to heather back to heather's and the, the songs are like kids bop versions of heather's and they change so many lyrics that it's like just a, choose a different musical next time if you can't do swears Choose a different musical. They're not even. They're not even bleeping out swears. There's a line in the musical that it's like you can prove you're not a loser anymore, which yeah. they change in Riverdale. Prove you're not a doorknob anymore. <laughs> doorknob. <laughs> Are you not allowed to say loser? <laughs> Is that forbidden? I'm so glad that watching this with with you. Um knowing the the actual lyrics to the song because I think it makes makes this episode so much funnier because um, <laughs> yeah. like I said before now I was wa- I was watching this with my partner and he's he's not familiar with the Heather's musical so he was like we were watching it and he kept being like what is this musical about and I was like just <laughs> weeping with laughter the whole time about all the weird changed lyrics because here's the thing, I feel like the events that happen in Heathers would easily happen over the course of a normal Riverdale episode. Yeah. The the, the plot of Heathers is um, there's a girl who falls into a very bad relationship with a guy who turns out to be a murderer, who sort of like coerces her into doing murders with him, and then he tries to blow up the school and she's got to save everyone. Yeah. And there's like stupid literature references, people are leaving like suicide notes in a copy of Moby Dick. Yeah. And it's all very sort of like melodramatic and a little bit like spooky yeah and that seems to be like the vibe of riverdale except they just completely mangle the musical (gasps) the episode for no reason i think it's really funny that like some of the the songs like in in musicals this happens some of the songs in heathers have explanations of what characters are doing so like in the song dead girl walking she's talking about like being she's like on JD's lawn and then she like climbs up the lattice breaks off the lock of his window and goes into his room and those are all lyrics in the song like I'm on your lawn I'm a dead girl walking I'm breaking off your window lock they Mm -hmm. keep all of those lyrics in the Riverdale version when the character singing them is doing none of those things it's Tony going into the library 
winking at two people yeah. and then they go to the stage and they're about to have sex. There are no lawns. There are no windows. Yeah. It, but they change just random assortments of lyrics. They'll change the order of them too for really no discernible reason. Candy Store is the biggest offender. Like I, I can't even catalog how many of the words to that song they change. <laughs> but also the the very first one because the the background chorus bits of the song of the opening song to Heather's are all of the teenagers saying insults to each other. So yeah. they're they're calling they're calling each other awful names. Yeah. And like in song it's like the rhythm in the background and that's what the song is about, how everyone is mean to each other and how did we get that this way. But they can't say any of those words on the CW, so there just is no backing. Yeah, lyrics. you're right. I hadn't thought about that. It's just the like It's like some random kids in the background swaying with trays. With lunch trays. <laughs> but like like none of the actual lines. They just can't say any of them. <laughs> like it's... why did you do this musical? <laughs> And the plot has no bearing at all. The only thing I really remember from the plot of this is that Cheryl and Tony make up after fighting. Yeah. And Betty is... Okay, Betty is maybe one of my favourite characters to watch in what we've seen. Because she's like... The first episode is typical, like, kind of girl next door. Mm -hmm. She's very, like, perfectionist. Her mum's got high expectations of her, but she's also, like, you know stressed on edge there's a mysterious like thing going on around like where is her sister what's happened to her sister you know it's like but but she's kind of like a a readable character yeah and in all the other episodes it's like the vibe of her is like she's the only one who's noticing stuff and there's stuff going on she's like the noticer of cults and she's like hey i think there might be a cult (laughs) jughead can you come over here? I think there might be a cult, babe. And then they'll just go wandering around at night. And it's like... But then you tell me some crazy stuff about about Betty, that she's got serial killer genes, and that was a plot. So, like, the this is so many spoilers for Riverdale, but the, the season two, there's a serial killer called The Black Hood, and that's the mystery of the second season broadly. The second season's very chaotic, but that's kind of the only through line, is, like, there's a serial killer. And at the end of the season, it's revealed that Betty's father is the serial yeah. killer. Um, and then seasons three and four, she keeps... She hears about these things called serial killer genes, um, and she's certain <laughs> that she has them. And she's like, "I have a darkness inside me." And she like tries is to kill. Is that something that comes up on a twenty three and Me test? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you're thirty percent Irish and seventy percent serial killer. <laughs> you also have the Neanderthal gene, <laughs> and you can roll your tongue. Yeah, exactly. It's right in there. Be careful, you might kill. Betty does a 23 and me after her father turns out to be the Black Hood, and she's like, oh shit. Um, so yeah, she's got like weird plot lines throughout the, the seasons after that of like this hidden darkness. But like, if the episode's not about that, if it's not like a Dark Betty episode, which is literally what they call her, is Dark Betty. Oh my god. Um, it's one of those things where it's dark exclamation point Betty yes yes exactly. I love it I love it when fandom people do that exactly this is what they call her out loud in the show they call her that Veronica will say stuff like don't go all dark Betty on me like it's like it's in the dialogue oh, no um 
But if it's not a Dark Betty episode, then there's no indication that it's happening. Like, we didn't watch one, so it's it's very hard to tell yeah. that this is a thing going on in her life. I just saw noticing, observing Betty. Yeah. Noticing Betty. Except... Wigged out Betty. We also watched the Halloween episode in season four. <laughs> And in season four, all the characters are kind of, like, in their own separate plots that don't intersect a lot. It's very strangely structured. And Jughead's plot, he's at this, like, prep school that seems to be... It's an indeterminate distance away from Riverdale, close enough that he's sometimes back on the weekends, but not so close that he's there all the time. Yeah. It's like a boarding school. And it's- I'd like to think they're, like, south of Seattle, but he's in, like, Bellingham or something. Yeah, yeah. And it, he's... It's like an odd sort of dead poet society situation, um, if the dead poet society was yet another cult. Um, and the, this other... S- <laughs> too many cults, too many cults, too many cults, too many cults. It takes a lot to make us do. If you know, you know. Um, so... Jughead's plot in this season is that the other students at this school are trying to kill him. <laughs> um, they lock him in a coffin all night. They lock him in a coffin. He thinks he's been buried alive. And it's Halloween night. He's supposed to be meeting Betty. Betty is at home. <laughs> and, like, very early in the episode, someone, Betty's brother is like, hey, is is Jughead here? And she's like, no, 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 he should be here soon. And then the whole evening happens with Jughead locked in a coffin thinking he's been buried alive and Betty doesn't ever once go looking for him or wonder where he's gone or try to call him. (laughs) She was being prank called. She was being prank called by someone pretending to be the Black Hood. So then at the end of the episode when he does finally show up because he's been let out of this coffin the next morning... He's over on, on Betty's couch and he's like apologizing to her for how stressful her night was. <laughs> hey, I feel like getting locked in a coffin by the Dead Poet Society is <laughs> fairly common. You just get used to it. It's just normal. It's like every other week I'm like, oh, where am I? Oh, it's a fucking coffin again. <laughs> oh, I hate being hazed. Yeah. So when you watched it yesterday, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm numb to this now. But in retrospect, why am I numb to it? Because a lot of wild things happened. Veronica, her plotline in that is she's finishing up at the diner slash secret underground alcohol-free speakeasy for teens that she owns. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's just finishing off in the diner. And then some guy comes in and is like, I want a coffee and a home-cooked meal. And then at the end of the meal, when she's, like, serving him a slice of cake or something, the radio's like, ah, uh, this just in breaking news. Um, an ex-serial killer has escaped from the asylum, and he's broken into someone's lorry and taken their clothes, and he's out to kill again. He left a note saying he's out to kill again. And he looks exactly like this guy in Veronica's diner. And, and, and it, it, also his main thing that he does is he gets his victims to cook for him. And then he kills them. And then he just, you can just see him smiling. And then she runs down into the speakeasy. He follows her. Then she kills him. Yeah, he like, he's got a, a lighter on to like see in the dark. She turns off all the lights and she like douses him in alcohol, sets him on fire. And I'm, I kind of think he dies. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, the next time we see her, she's just like snuggling Archie in bed. 
And Archie's like, wow, that's a crazy story. And she's like, yeah, well, no one's going to mess with me again. And yeah, that's kind of all they talk about that plot. But they also sort of talk about Archie's night as if it was in any way equivalent. Archie's plot was that he was helping with a Halloween party at the community Mm centre and encouraged a kid not to get involved in gangs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's not the same. (laughs) Yeah, it's not equally stressful. Yeah. I think this is is generally the issue with the show, is that, like, everyone is having, like, wildly different levels of problems. Yes, because there's Cheryl's in this episode. Yeah! Oh my god! Cheryl in the Halloween episode! So this is a plot that was going on for a lot of this season. Um, Jason, Cheryl's dead twin brother from, if you remember, season one, (laughs) has been dug up and taxidermied and is just like <laughs> sitting in Cheryl's living room and Tony, Cheryl's girlfriend, spends most of the season being like, babe, I don't want to impose, but can you please like bury your brother's corpse? And Cheryl being like, I'm just not ready to say goodbye, even though she fully did three seasons Tony, ago. Tony, you're being so unreasonable telling me to bury this long dead corpse. <laughs> And then she does bury the corpse in the episode, and then there's a a doll that starts following them around that Cheryl initially says is possessed by Jason, and then Tony agrees to dig the body back up, but then the doll keeps behaving weirdly, and Cheryl's like, okay, I was... This is her actual line of dialogue. Okay, I was gaslighting you before. (laughs) But I swear I'm not now. I think something's wrong with the doll. (laughs) And Tony just takes it in stride and is like... We've all been there, Cheryl. We all gaslight sometimes. We all just gaslight our girlfriend into thinking that she's haunted. Um, and also, this in this very same evening, Cheryl finds out from her grandma yeah. that she had another sibling, a, a triplet, yeah. that she ate in the womb. Yeah. And now... That, she learns that on this night. She learns that, and it, that the triplet is now possessing the this doll who was reared alongside her and Jason until they were no longer infants, and then the doll was locked in the attic. Julian is the doll's name. The doll stays around for pretty much the rest of the season. (laughs) It's not just, like, a zany Halloween plot. Like, it just stays. Okay, Um, up until this point, I've I've been saying, Cheryl's mean and boring. hmm? Like, she just seemed like the, the mean, stereotypical, like, high school cheerleader character in these shows. And you're like, no, Cheryl, there's more going on with Cheryl. And you're right. And then I'm scared. <laughs> I think I, I love Cheryl's plot lines because she's, she's just always in like an 18th century gothic novel. Yeah. Everyone else is in a teen drama. Everyone else has normal teen bedrooms and she looks like she's in like Dracula's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole thing was just whiplash for me. Yeah. So, Shannon... You're a long-time Riverdale stan. Yeah. You've been through the ringer. I have. Do you think Riverdale is cursed, blurst, or blessed? I kind of think it's blurst. My opinion kind of varies episode to episode. I don't think any part of it is fully blessed. I think it might be a rare, like, it's not some elements of it are cursed, some elements of it are blessed. It's like most elements of it are fully some level of blurst. 
Yeah. And it's just so surreal that it's hard to be like, it's hard to take it seriously enough for it to be cursed. Yes. I think there are some some cursed episodes and it is when they attempt to do things like Glee, where they try to like tackle a real teen issue, which is, is fairly rare for Riverdale, but there are a couple of episodes where you're like, oh, don't try to be meaningful. You, you just don't have the skill. Um, and those episodes I think are cursed, but the show doesn't generally try to do that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Not in the same way that Glee did, at least. No. And I'm glad that we watched Glee with Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Because, Joe, listener, if you remember our Glee episode, and Shannon, if you remember our Glee episode from when we recorded it an hour ago. <laughs> I do remember. Isn't time funny? Glee was just straight up offensive. Yeah. There were so many episodes, in the five episodes we watched, just shocking bits. Yeah. That they... And I think it was bad because the writers probably thought they were doing a good thing. Yeah. But they really cocked it up royally. Every time. And there was at least one moment in every episode. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas with this, I didn't feel as, like, deeply bothered. Yeah. <laughs> I was just more like in a constant state of confusion. Mm-hmm. And I had a hard time arranging anything in my mind. <laughs> Who are these people? How many cults are there? Has anyone had their organs harvested? Which gang is this? And I, I think, like, these are a selection of some episodes that I thought were, like, particularly useful for us to look at. There are definitely moments watching Riverdale where you're like, oh, that was out of line, but it's... it's With Glee, it was every episode. Yeah. There's just not a single episode that's not like that. And I know that we chose to watch memorable episodes of Glee, but I feel like we chose... I chose one that was, I remember being very bad. Mm-hmm. But the other ones that we selected were just like, oh, I remember this being a funny concept. Yeah, like just the gravel and the slushy bit that yeah. I remembered as being a funny concept. But there's always at least three cursed subplots in Glee. Yeah. In Riverdale, what we've watched, I can see where things might be bad, but I didn't see anything that bad with my own eyes. I think the worst thing was when Cheryl's like, I was gaslighting you. Yeah. That was probably the worst thing. That was. And the, yeah, that, I think that is semi-regular, which is why, like, I think... I was nervous in the prison episode. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't great. That plotline only lasts, I think, one episode past that. Oh, he's really? Not, he's, he's, he gets out of prison very quickly. Okay, there I was, thinking he was in prison for ages. I thought he'd be in the whole season when that season started. He's in for, like, maybe two more episodes after the one we watched. Um... <laughs> Justice for Archie. It's not very much. Uh, <laughs> they abandoned that plotline really quickly. But yeah, there definitely are cursed plotlines in Riverdale or cursed episodes. But I think as a whole, I would consider the show blurst because yep. I find it deeply relaxing. <laughs> I used to um, plan to watch the week's episode of Riverdale after I knew I had something really stressful to do. Yeah. And I'd go home and then watch just the, the stupidest thing that's ever been made. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I would feel the stress just leak from my brain. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Glee actively makes me more stressed. That's true. I feel like when we were watching Riverdale and Glee sort of back to back this week, one was a sedative and one was, what's the opposite of a sedative? An upper. One was an upper, one was a downer. Yeah. No, Riverdale wasn't no. even a downer, it was just a confuser. Yeah. And just like Glee made me think about turning to alcohol, Riverdale makes me want to turn to drugs. I just want some fizzle rocks. I want some toot sweets. I want the old razzle dazzle. 
Did you think the episodes you've seen of Riverdale um, are cursed, blurst, or blast? Blast. Like, it's just not... Nothing just... Nothing reached into my soul and shook my organs around. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. My organs were tickled, not harvested. (laughs) My organs felt harvested when we watched Glee. Yeah. My heart felt harvested. (laughs) My brain felt harvested. I wanted my eyes to be harvested, yet alas, they are still here. (laughs) They tried to make a grab for my spleen, but I was like, no way. Yeah. But with Riverdale, as I said, I I feel like I'd watched season five, ironically, I'd watch season five. Yeah. Again, I'm not I'm not against the irony watch. I love a good irony watch. I think it's... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, um, but with Glee, I think it's actively just detrimental yeah. for a person's mental health. Yeah. One of the, the best games to play with Riverdale is something um, a f- friend of mine and I used to play where uh, she was a couple episodes behind me and I would text her three things that happened in next week's episode and one of them would be a lie <laughs> to see if she could guess which one it would be and she never could because everything that happens in Riverdale is unpredictable and wild. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I texted her was Archie gets mauled by a bear and that wasn't the lie. <laughs> anyway. Um, so this has been uh, the, our second television episode. Yeah, we'll go back to movies next week, but who's to say we won't revisit the old television? Yeah, if you've got suggestions, um, if you've got thoughts, let us know. We're yeah. always happy to hear from you. And uh, follow us, like, rate, and subscribe. Joe Listener, I may be seeming desperate at this point, but I value you and I support you and I love you and I don't expect anything in return. But know that I'm always there with you, ready to harvest your organs. <laughs> <laughs>